From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss. Find the story that weaves your background together. There's a reason you had all the life experiences that you had, and you can find that story by looking at what you learned and your strengths in each of those positions. Today on episode 69 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with Susan Drum. There were times that Susan felt like her career choices were just multiple paths that didn't make much sense. Then she realized that she actually had a very unique story that could provide great value for the right target market. Stay with us to hear all the details. If you'd like to share your story on Going Solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Susan Drum. Susan is a CEO advisor and leadership coach with over 20 years of experience leading teams and senior executives to achieve their potential. Her consulting firm, Meritage Leadership, focuses on leader and team effectiveness by helping leaders develop the capacity and mindsets to lead in today's disruptive environment. Meritage utilizes over a dozen exceptional coaches in its senior leadership programs. Susan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Susan, let's talk about the transitions that you've made in your career. Your journey has followed some linear progressions and some that have not been so linear. Isn't that right? Yeah, I think I feel like it took me a while to figure out what it was, was my purpose or passion in life. And I had to try a bunch of different paths to figure that out. And surprisingly, they all fit together in what I do now, although I would have never guess that they would at the time. That's often the case. Yeah, it's uh, looking back, I think some people thought what I was doing was crazy. And I think maybe I was even feeling a little crazy, but I, I was following some important impulses. And lo and behold, it's everything that I've done are things that I use now in the leadership development work that I do. So I'm grateful for those experiences and I'm glad I followed my intuition on them. What were some of those transitions that you've made? Sure. So I have a uh, law background. I went to Harvard Law and I, during law school, I started working for different law firms and figuring out, you know, particularly during my summers. And I just knew that I did not want to go and practice law. And it was a little bit depressing for me because I had, you know, over a hundred thousand dollars in loans, and this is back in 1995 or even earlier. And and so I knew I needed to do something that was going to be lucrative enough to pay those loans, right? And yet, what was in front of me felt like drudgery. And so, what the first transition I made was right out of the gate, which. I was always interested in business and I had a business undergrad degree from Carnegie Mellon. So I decided to move back in that direction and, and take classes at the business school and transfer them over to law school. And that's where I learned about consulting, strategy consulting in particular, like McKinsey and BCG. And this was also the first year that they were coming on campus to recruit lawyers as opposed to just B-school people um, getting their MBAs. And so I studied to how to do well in a case interview. I practiced it and um, lo and behold, I got one of the 
offers. They, they, I think they interviewed 80 law students and they gave two offers and I got one of those offers and I made the jump right out of law school into consulting. So I actually never practiced law having studied law for three years. I did take the bar in New York and I thought if I ever wanted to go back, I could and I passed that, but I've never looked back in that direction. Yeah. And how, how much of a transition was it to start consulting right away after your training in law? It was challenging. And I think it was challenging from the perspective of I came in as I was one of the first, like, as I mentioned before, they didn't used to hire lawyers and PhD students. And so we were considered non-traditional hires. And the way the staffing works is, is a little free form. It's sort of like a draft pick. And I don't think I didn't get to work with the best sort of case leaders because they wanted the people that had the MBA, that had the finance experience. And I think I was brandished as sort of not a risk. And so I didn't get to work with the most top-notch ones. I got to work with the ones that maybe nobody else really wanted to work with. Um, and But you were still at a good firm. I was at a great firm, but it was definitely a transition to overcome the bias of I'm not going to be useful. And and the way I did that was really lean into my strengths, my ability to interview, my ability to capture a lot of the qualitative data, deep listening, empathy, and understanding, and then learn some of the finance stuff along the way. Mm, that makes sense. And And how long were you in this job? Three years I did the consulting work, yes. Mm-hmm. And, what, and what came next? So what came next, I I found myself, again, you'll see this theme where I feel like, okay, I've learned what I need to learn here and I'm getting a little bored and I'm not excited or motivated. And when I'm not excited or motivated by what I'm doing, it's hard for me to stay engaged. So I was getting bored with doing projects. Like I had to do a strategy consulting for hydroelectric turbines at one point, (laughs) a long engagement. And it was in like a very small town in Pennsylvania, difficult to get to. I was going there every week and I just didn't really care. And so I just felt like I was going through the motions on that. And, And there were a couple of projects like that. And I just decided I feel like maybe if I focused on a particular industry that excited me, I would get that fire back. Because when I have the fire, I am super motivated. And so I started interviewing. There were a couple other things that happened, but I started interviewing for industry positions and making the transition from consulting to industry. And I ended up taking a position with NBC television. And I came in as, think about it as an internal consultant And at the time, NBC was owned by GE. And so they were calling the position a black belt in Six Sigma. Mm -hmm. So literally, that was my title, black belt in Six Sigma. But I was excited because I was working for NBC television, and this would be much more an interesting industry for me to focus on and more exciting than, than the hydroelectric turbines that I had been immersed in in the past nine months. And how did things evolve? Did it turn out to be true that it was more exciting? Yes and no. (laughs) It was more exciting for sure. I loved being in the entertainment industry, but what I found is it's also highly political. 
And I also found what I was doing, you know, if you can imagine that uh, what Six Sigma is, is finding variation in processes using statistical analysis. That's not actually my strongest suit, I can tell you. So I was coming in, even though I was fired up about the industry, I don't think the actual work itself was exciting for me, but I worked hard to find something useful and relevant. But there was also a pushback internally from the quality division, which is what we were part of, because they felt like, what is this GE imposed Six Sigma stuff? Like we're an entertainment company. We're not a manufacturing business that this Six Sigma works well for. And they kind of didn't want want us there. And so trying to help the business when you're getting pushback and and sort of, you know, get out of my meeting type of thing was was difficult for me and, and difficult for my whole department. And in fact, my department ended up being disbanded within about a year of me being there. And I had to struggle to find another position in there or go elsewhere. But in the meantime, I had started finding ways to support the marketing. A lot of people left, but I I was able to transition my work into director of marketing and business development for NBC. And that was a little bit more exciting because I got to work on the first B2B website for NBC. It was called NBCMarketplace.com. So it was the first website that they were using to attract advertisers and showing as opposed to just the general public. So creating something new and and getting more into the marketing sales, that was that was super exciting. I did enjoy doing that work and I felt engaged once again as a result of that. But but there was a little bit of a transition where I really had to build relationships internally to be able to create that opportunity for myself. Susan, at what point did you go from corporate to running your own business? Well, I had an interim step in there. And the interim step is I got married and my husband took a job in London with an investment bank. And so we moved to London and I couldn't really work over there. I did a little bit of consulting projects, but I left NBC. And frankly, at by this point at NBC, I'd been working there for about three years. I was feeling a little bit uh, slightly frustrated because the project that I loved so much, which was this website, ended up getting taken from me, you know, because it was all of a sudden high visibility and it was so political that I was a director and a VP came down and sort of swooped in and said, thank you. This is great. I'll take it from here. <laughs> and, and, and you so, said, you're welcome. And I said, great. Okay. And then they put me on some other project that I'm like, oh my God, I do not want to do this. So I was again in this state, like, God, what? I don't quite feel like I have it. What do I want to do? And here's an opportunity for me to take a little bit of break from, from the hard, like the day-to-day corporate life and do something different. And that's when I went to drama school. So swear to God, at age 30, I applied to the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art, and I ended up getting a postgraduate degree in acting. Yeah, that sounds pretty nonlinear. Yeah, yeah, very nonlinear. And this is where I said people, I think, thought I was crazy. And I think I felt a little crazy, a little, but I, but there was something about it that 
I wanted to explore and I thought this is my only chance to do that. Like while we're over in London, while we have this sort of expat salary, meaning, you know, our, our, there was a bump to take care of uh, housing and whatnot. Let me do this and see, see why, why I have this impetus, why I have this drive, why am I fascinated by the acting? I had always been, and I never really felt like I could pursue it. And now was my opportunity. And the, the strange thing is that what I saw is, is in the process, I love the study of acting, but I kept thinking, wow, there, as I go through this, there's a lot I'm learning here that could be translated back into business. And I think it's, it's a real cornerstone uh, among others of my um, leadership development work that I do with leaders, because you learn as an actor how to be very authentic, be very deal with the inner critic, right? So you can't have this inner voice, this critical voice talking at you, not allowing you to be present with another actor on stage if you want to be a good actor. And I, you know, it was the first time I sort of heard of, wow, we have this sort of inner critic, this inner voice inside our head, and it, it impacts how we connect with others and how we show up. Wow, I know a lot of leaders that could business people that could use some of the work we did in the acting to be more present and be more authentic in that way. And I think that that's where some of the seeds started planting for how I brought that brought the work that I did there back into business. It's fascinating to me how some of these unexpected twists and turns end up creating a very unique set of experiences and skills that can be utilized in a business to solve problems for a particular audience. Yes, yes, exactly. And and unless I had gotten off the main normal linear track, what now that I did that, that's what I think makes me particularly unique because I'm drawing from so many disciplines in what I do today. And I'm grateful for that, as I mentioned. I mean, I can tie each thing that I did how it feeds into the leadership development work I do today. Right. So this has become your main differentiator. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I'll give you an example. So the law background, you know, I don't use it to obviously help people with their legal issues, but I use the same skill set that you learn in law. And, and that is, so you learn very clearly how to make distinctions in case law. And in fact, the the LSAT is about which of these things is not like the other. It's testing your ability to decipher that. And I use that same skill set, but not to to make distinctions in case law, but to make distinctions in mindset or how people think. And the nuances there to point out to people what they're saying, their assumptions, what they're thinking about, and how that's influencing what they see as potential options. So that skill set. I use the MBC skill set I use in how do I take data? Remember, I told you about the Six Sigma. How do I take data and help leaders understand how they're leading using real data from a database of 100,000 other leaders? Because when you put it in that kind of frame versus just generally a sort of a, an amorphous sense, I can't quite put my finger on, it helps them see and make more powerful changes using that level of data. And then you've got the acting, 
where, as I mentioned before, I'm using this ability for them to connect and be more authentic. So each of these steps very much plays a part in what I do today. And so I often encourage people like to get really clear what what would light you up like nothing else. And perhaps even if it's just a short detour, there's a reason that you need to go in that direction. And you you may not see right now what that is, but if you have the courage to pursue it, you'll be rewarded in the end. So with that in mind, one of the things that I see um, so often for experienced professionals that especially those that have been fairly linear in their in their their career progression as employees if they've been working for let's say 20 to 30 years or more and they want to go from corporate to consulting or in some form run their own business where the business uses their unique skills they often struggle with figuring out exactly how to position themselves, how to identify who their ideal client really is, what kind of what their value proposition, how they can best serve those clients. And they often struggle. And, and sometimes I've seen people struggle with this for several years before they kind of figure out how all those pieces from their background fit together in a u- unique way. And they're able to identify a really clear niche that then becomes very marketable. What what advice, you know, based on your own experience, looking back on your career, what advice would you have for high achievers that do want to make the transition from corporate to to entrepreneurship, but they're you know they they haven't really tried to figure out their own their own mission and how it fits into a unique place in the market? Yeah. I would take each work experience, and it doesn't even have to be work. It could also be, you know, outside activities. Take each experience and think about what was the strength that you brought to that, that experience? What strength was leveraged? And also, what did you learn in doing that? What was the primary, like the biggest learning that you had as a result of that? And really chart that out, write it down, chart it out and take a look at it and start to see the connections. And so that's, as I walk through my background, as I did with you, that's essentially what I did. What was the strength that I brought here? What did I learn in each of this? And who could benefit from that learning? And so that keeping that in mind as you go through, I think that the, that's a really good process. There's some other things you can do too regarding values and thinking about your purpose as a result of that. But that what I just mentioned is sort of, I think, the first step. Mm. And are there any any tools that you find are particularly useful in terms of framing this self-analysis? Yes. So a tool that I have found to be super powerful in helping you think through your gifts, but also your blind spots, because you may also want to think about that when you're starting your own business, like who who could best support me in my blind spot? And the thing is, we're not always aware of our blind spot, right? <laughs> if we were, it wouldn't be called a blind spot, right? So Pretty much. Right? So the tool I use, and I use it now for leaders too, is the Enneagram The Enneagram is a powerful model of self-development. I use it in the framework of leadership styles. So nine, there are nine different primary leadership styles and knowing your leadership style will help you know 
the strengths, right? And, and challenge areas. And so for me, I figured out that my type is um, type seven, which is called the enthusiastic visionary. And what that, the motivation behind that and what makes the Enneagram super unique is that we all have like sort of a core motivator or driver. And part of that driver for me is the need to experience life fully and avoid pain. <laughs> so it has to do with really valuing freedom and being very optimistic and taking opportunities as they present themselves. And so it's sort of, I'm, I'm far more adventurous in a way. And you can see that a bit from my background as a result of that. But I, I live in this type tends to live in the future and think about the possibilities and what could be. And that's very well suited to being a coach as well as I think about it. But there's also some, uh, the blind spot can be getting bored easily, right? You see that in some of what I mentioned before, repetitive tasks can get me down. I'm ex usually seeking excitement and trying new things. And so if I want to create momentum, I need to make sure that I'm also adding in discipline at the same time. And I can do that either by determining what kind of structure I need to put into my life to make sure I'm accomplishing my goals. Or, you know, I have a, an assistant now who's super helpful in adding some of that structure to my life and helping with the areas that aren't my natural gifts. And so that that partnership that we have comes into play and allows me to focus on the things that I'm really good at. Mm. Susan, if listeners want to learn more about the Enneagram or access any other resources you may have, where's the best place for them to go? So we created a little two-page download for you to learn more about the Enneagram. I'm, as I mentioned, I'm a huge fan of it. You can get that by going to susandrum.com slash going solo. And so that's S-U-S-A-N-D-R-U-M-M.com slash going solo. And we'll have information on how to get an assessment done and how you use the Enneagram to chart your path of growth. That's great. Well, I want to thank you so much for uh, for creating this special download for our listeners. I also want to thank you for sharing your story and going through it in um, in detail and also being candid about it. Because I think you know by listening to what you've gone through and understanding how you have created a a very healthy business based on your own unique experiences can be um, a great example to others. So I want to thank you for that. If um, if anybody wants to get in touch with you directly, would it be the same link or is there someplace else they should go? Yes, the same link you'll see take, that takes you to Meritage Leadership, our website, and there's a contact page there. They're welcome to get in touch there. Okay, great. Well, Susan, again, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Going Solo, share your experiences and your insights. My guest today has been the Managing Director and Chief Empowerment Officer of Meritage Leadership Development, Susan Drum. Susan, thank you again for joining us. Thank you. When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today, we learned how to find your unique value as a consultant and much more. 
If you'd like to share your story on going solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review if you can. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.